Breakthrough News. It's 5 p.m. You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is the Punch Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And yes, we are back with you here on The Punch Out 3-5-2021. Very happy to be with you as we close out the week on this Friday. Well, we got some stories for you, important stories for you, as we always do. We're going to talk about the militarists who are dominating Congress and the White House, for that matter. We're going to talk about $50 billion in price gouging that has come out of the Texas uh, cold snap crisis in electricity and water. But before we get to either of those two very important stories, we want to start with the so-called jobs report that came out today and the media distortions of what's actually happening. All the biggest names in the media have been at great pains to stress how today's quote-unquote jobs report, which reports a gain of 379,000 jobs, is great news. A ray of sunshine amidst darkness. A sign the recovery is around the corner. Now, many of these outlets will throw some dissenting information in here and there in their pieces, but the headlines they all prepared for everyone's morning coffee were pure triumphalism. Unfortunately, I must report, the numbers do not support this interpretation. Perhaps one way to approach that is to quote exactly what the Bureau of Labor Statistics report in question said about unemployment. They said, quote, the unemployment rate was little changed at 6.2%, end quote, from last month. So the report itself isn't making a big deal out of the jobs games, which right there should be your first indication that many of the headlines are amiss. But what do these numbers, 379,000 uh, and 6.2% really mean in, in a sense? They throw them out, but what do they really mean? When you put them in context, it's clear that the economy is still in extremely dire straits. One way to look at this is like this. The 6.2% official unemployment rate this month, or well, for last month, you should say, is essentially double what it was in February of last year. So February this year, double the unemployment of February last year. Numerically, there are about 10 million fewer jobs than in February of 2020. Now, that 10 million job gap is worse than the worst similar period during the 2008 crisis. So, Better than the worst of this crisis, but the number of jobs, the 10 million job gap, is still worse than the biggest crisis since the 1930s, which we experienced in that 2008-2009, really bleeding into 2010 crash. If you look at the labor force participation rate, now that's a better measure of how many people are working than the quote-unquote unemployment rate. And that currently stands at 61.4%. So basically what that means is 61% of the available workforce is working. Now, that's four percentage points lower than December 2009. 2009. That's four percentage points lower than December of 2009 during the depth of the last crisis. So again, better than it was, say, last April, 
but still worse than the biggest crisis since the 1930s. What's there to celebrate about that? Really, truthfully, 10.1 million people have no job. 6.1 million people are working part-time because they are forced to. 6.9 million people were unemployed. Counted as wanting to work by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, but were not counted in the unemployment rate. 6.9 million people not counted in the unemployment rate because they didn't look for a job in what the government deems to be a suitable amount of time where they were unable to take a job for whatever the reasons may be. And given everything that's going on in the context of the pandemic and people's families, you get a sense of who's not being counted. It's also worth noting here, the majority of those 379,000 new jobs were in leisure and hospitality. So in other words, that means nearly 400,000 people going back to work as part of what can only really be deemed a death march being decreed by these state officials as they relax pandemic health measures. And on that note, 13.3 million people last month lost either some of their hours or whole days at work due to the pandemic. All in all, you can see the situation is not, in fact, good. It isn't even really improved in any real sense. What you have to understand here is that the official unemployment rate is designed to deliver the best possible spin on the various numbers kept by the government on jobs. It's designed to overstate things on the positive end. Now, the principal argument of everyone who wants less relief for working people, and this is why this is so critically important, how this is perceived. The principal argument of everyone who wants less relief for working people is that the economy is improving. So reports like today's will undoubtedly be laundered in the service of those efforts. But for everyone who understands that things are really bad still today, now you've got some facts to prove that what's in the media isn't what's really happening in people's lives. Well, you've heard the horror stories of huge utility bills in Texas, no doubt. People forced to empty their entire retirement pay for just a few days worth of power. Well, we now have a reliable estimate as to how much price gouging really went on. Nearly $50 billion in electricity sales were made through the main clearinghouse that manages sales between producers and distributors of power. That $50 billion is more than the previous three years combined. So you can imagine the scale of windfall profits there. And there are all sorts of people who that benefits. They're not average everyday people, I'll tell you that. Goldman Sachs, for instance, stands to make $200 million from the spike in prices. As the Financial Times put it, quote, Bank of America gained hundreds of millions of dollars in trading revenue when the Texas electric grid failed in a winter storm last month, highlighting the upside for Wall Street from mayhem that knocked out power and heat across the state, end quote. Macquarie Group, an Australian company, took in $213 million, although some say it's actually twice as much. Jerry Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys, saw his Comstock resources get what their CEO said, CFO, I should say, said were, quote unquote, super premium prices. On a public conference call, he said it was like hitting the jackpot. And how does this all work? Well, Texas's ultra-deregulated energy market has some people producing power, other people selling it, and then you buy it from the people selling it, of course. 
So when the grid falters, there was only but so much power being produced, but you have lots of companies that were clamoring for it. And already in the winter, natural gas supplies in particular, which is a big piece of this, uh, become uh, often become pinched because electricity is competing with home heating oil uh, as colder temperatures set in. So the people selling power are going to basically auction the little power they are producing off to the highest bidder. Now, the flip side of that is that many of the companies that are buying the power and selling it to people ended up being banned from these ridiculous price hikes they were doing, the tens of thousands of dollars destroying people's savings. That meant that many of them couldn't actually uh, pay for the power that they bought. So a number of them are declaring bankruptcy. So some people gaining in a big way, other companies basically going under. But it's opened up a whole new front now this fact. And this Friday, in fact, today, I should say, the Public Utilities Commission is slated to take up a report that, and this is in Texas, the Public Utilities Commission is slated to take up a report that $16 billion of the money paid to buy electricity, so $16 billion out of that $50 billion, was sold 33 hours after a particular high price that was allowed by regulators because of the, the, the circumstances had expired. So that $16 billion is basically you know, fraudulent and should be clawed back from the companies. Now, this could keep some of the companies declaring bankruptcy solvent, but it also may require rowing back and changing contracts with the companies who sold the power. And that just means a lot of lawsuits. But the regulators and the politicians who did nothing to prevent the situation from happening, set the stage for it, are trying to save face, it seems. And along uh, with, uh, you know, the sort of outrage that's going on, they're trying to threaten to claw back some of these windfall profits to, again, try to save face. But either way, here are the fruits of the free market for you. Huge profits being made out of mayhem and chaos that caused hardship, even death for many, many millions of people. The deaths of dozens of people, massive hardship for tens of millions. That's free market capitalism at work with the fully deregulated energy market in Texas. Well, it isn't lost on anyone that the U.S. has the biggest military in the world by a long shot, and that it costs a lot of money. Most also know that weapons contractors are very active in the influence-peddling game. Well, thanks to the campaign finance group Open Secrets, we now have a good accounting of exactly how much peddling was going on in recent years. They noted, quote, in the past two decades, their extensive network of lobbyists, defense contractors that is, their extensive network of lobbyists and donors have directed $285 million in campaign contributions and $2.5 billion in lobbying spending to influence defense policy, end quote. They also note that despite there being hundreds of companies lobbying under the quote-unquote defense umbrella, the top five account for more than 50% of the industry's lobbying and the top 15 spend 75% of the lobbying money. The five biggest spenders in 2020 were Lockheed Martin, Boeing, Northrop Grumman, Raytheon Technologies, and General Dynamics. Defense lobbyists are often playing both sides of the fence here, representing both the weapons contractors and a lot of the countries that make the biggest foreign weapons purchases. For instance, Squire Patton Boggs, big-time lobbying heavyweight in D.C., was on the Saudi payroll in 2017 when the kingdom signed a $110 billion, $110 billion weapons deal with U.S. companies. Interestingly enough, Squire Patton Boggs also represented Raytheon and Northrop Grumman at the same time. Aiken Gump, Another lobbying heavyweight represents both the UAE and Raytheon right now. And the Biden administration right now is considering whether or not to approve a $10 billion Raytheon sale to UAE. 
Open Secrets also knows that quote. Uh, Open Secrets also notes that quote. Nearly 530 people have worked for both a member of one of the six main defense-related committees in Congress and as a lobbyist for defense companies. And just a few of the examples they put out there, they note that the 12-year tenured staff director of the House Armed Services Committee, so the guy who'd been the staff director of the House Armed Services Committee for 12 years, is now Boeing's top lobbyist. Now, the current chair of that committee, the House Armed Services Committee, is Adam Smith of Washington. And his current counsel, until very recently, was a lobbyist for Northrop Grumman, BAE Systems, and Bombardier. So US, UK, and Canada there. One interesting fact about all this, though, is that despite these huge investments, defense contractors are, strictly speaking, not even in the top 10 of lobbying spenders, which speaks to another fact about this. It's something that Thomas Friedman, the New York Times columnist, once laid out when he said, McDonald's doesn't work without McDonald Douglas. The defense contractors don't need to lobby the most because all the other capitalists want them to succeed. They want the world-dominating military that opens up markets and profit opportunities uniquely for American companies. I mean, think about it. Every major brand is always celebrating the military. The main sporting event of the, the main sporting event of the country, the Super Bowl, starts with a demonstration of America's nuclear arsenal. Now, arms sales, of course, are certainly subject to the corruption in the legislative process, like every other industry. And that's what we just detailed, of course. But the geopolitics of it give weapon sales other influence in terms of what happens and what doesn't. Either way, what's clear is that the agenda of those who want the U.S. to be the world's only superpower is deeply embedded in the governing process of America. And if you're willing to advocate for that agenda, you will be handsomely rewarded. That's the punch out for today. We're with you Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. here in New York, East Coast Standard Time, 2 p.m. in Los Angeles, Pacific Standard Time, and 9 p.m. GMT. And of course, you can support everything we do here at Breakthrough News at patreon.com slash breakthrough news. It's your patronage that keeps all of our offerings here at Breakthrough News moving forward. And of course, you can check us out across all your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at BT Newsroom.